So I titled this platform, How Wes is Not a TED Talk. But first, don't get me wrong. I love TED Talks. How many of you watch TED Talks, at least occasionally? And are there any TED Talk addicts? It's okay. There are worse things to be addicted to. Yeah. Well, if you have never seen a TED Talk, let me tell you about it. They are one of those things that make their way around the Internet, linked to from people's Facebook pages or emailed back and forth. You can also access them from their central website, TED.com. And essentially, it's some period of time and some person talking about something that's interesting. TED calls itself, and I quote, a nonprofit devoted to ideas worth spreading. And that's a great description, I think. It exists to spread ideas, primarily using social media to do that. The ideas could be anything. There are TED Talks on Atheism 2.0. It's a good one. On memory, on music and emotion, on how we consume data, and on how we buy happiness. Sneak preview, the answer is that we give our money away. Feel free to consider that TED Talk as you make your pledge to Wes's operating budget. TED actually stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design, the three fields that the original TED conference hoped to bring together. Those conferences, which actually meet in actual places at actual times, a couple of times a year, but it's the TED Talks that really helped TED take off, the Internet TED Talks, and now that's the primary way that anyone knows about TED. And they are great lasting anywhere from a few minutes to up to 20 minutes, they offer a little burst of ingenuity, innovation, or inspiration accessible whenever you have an internet connection. And that's a real gift to have in our lives, a shot of new ideas that comes as fast as your download speed. Sure, sometimes the buffering goes a little slower than we'd like, but it's pretty much instant inspiration. Wes is not a TED Talk. Although sometimes, if I haven't had enough caffeine in the morning, it may seem as though my buffering is going a little slow. It would be nice to be able to press the pause button, take a little nap, wait for me to catch up. But that is the thing. We're live here at Wes. No buffering, no pause button. I like to think on Sunday mornings that we have instant inspiration. But the truth is that if we do, it's only a part of why we're here. If what you really wanted was 20 minutes of inspiration on the topic of your choice, you might do better to stay home and download. Wes is something different. Any real community is. It's true that TED Talks, or a book, or a movie, or a TV show can make real people feel really connected to each other by sharing an idea, or a sense of humor, or even by beginning a cultural movement. I'm not trying to discount the power of social media, But come on, you've got to know that I think the power of an actual community, and most especially of this community, is even greater. No TED Talk will hold your hand when you get bad news from the doctor, or scoop up your child when they totter too close to the top of the stairs, or march next to you when you go down to the White House to agitate for change. But we will. The thing is, with great power comes great responsibility. And that's the other way that we're different from a TED Talk. A TED Talk, you can just play and pause at your convenience. You can even close down the whole window if it's boring. And you don't owe those TED Talkers anything. They're just glad you listened to them. Now, I'm glad you listened to me, too. 
But frankly, I am the least important thing around here in terms of responsibility. What I'm thinking about is the rest of the community and the way we in our non-TED Talk community take care of each other, especially the way we take care of those who are particularly small. I mean very small, not like me without heels on. <laughs> now, as some of you may know or remember, the West Board staff and leaders met at a retreat in February to identify some priorities for the year and a half to come. We thought about those priorities as lenses or frameworks, not a big shift in what we're doing here at West, but a special way to look at what we're doing. And one of those ways to look, one of those lenses, was families with young children. In the past couple of years, we have had a lot of babies join our community, generally transported here by parents. Although, as I wrote that, I really enjoyed the image of a little tiny toddler coming up the walk, asking where he could get his coffee, coming into platform. No, usually they are strolled. Seeing the vibrancy that these kids and their parents bring to us, we wanted to articulate our commitment to those families and the hope that even more families with young children will join us, that our Sunday school will be filled to bursting with small and medium, we like medium as well, people. So, great. It's nice to think that there are small people around here. They're awfully cute when they come upstairs for a story at the beginning of platform service or to sing at Spring Festival. And the Sunday school is wonderfully run by our Sunday school director, Peggy Gates, who is currently walking out the door transporting somebody back and forth and taking care of them. Thank you for that object lesson, Peggy. And by her team of volunteers, especially the Children's Education Council and the Workshop Rotations team, who, of course, are mostly parents because that's who should run the Sunday school, right? Since it's their kids that are in it. And we adults, the rest of us, will just hang out upstairs and enjoy our live TED Talk experience. Oh, wait, that's not right. Actually, I think it's the opposite of right. And the wonderful thing is, Wes has always known what is right, has always known what it means for us to have a Sunday school, to serve families and children, to be a place that is about more than a TED Talk. In fact, ethical culture has always known it. I was reading through the founding address this past week, the very first ethical culture platform given in 1876 by Felix Adler, in which he articulated the idea of a new religion based on ethics and relationship and shared commitment to a better world. It's a great address, full of lofty language about the need for a religion like this one, about the danger of materialism and consumerism, and the limits of traditional religion to reach the modern thinker. Adler makes the case for uh, the national need for ethical culture and also the individual need for it, the way we hunger for thoughtful conversation and meaning in our lives and our deep desire for goodness and right. I love what he says, and I was picking out quotes from this founding address to help our team group prepare for their Founders Day platform service next Sunday. Then I noticed a passage I hadn't focused on before. Adler writes, and I quote, I have spoken of our private needs and of the larger claims of the public well-being. But another question now presents itself, fraught with deeper and tenderer meanings even than these. The children, the heirs of all the great future, what shall we do for them? Do you not struggle and toil and trouble that you may leave them when you die some little store of earthly good, 
that you may turn to your long sleep, knowing that your children shall not want bread. And for that which is far more precious than bread, shall we make no provision? When your bodies have long been moldering in the grave, he, he really had a, a way with words there. <laughs> when your bodies have long been moldering in the grave, they will live, men and women, fighting the world's battles and bearing the world's burdens like yourselves. Would you not feel the benign assurance that they will be true men and noble women? That the fair name which you transmit to them will ever be clean in their keeping? That they will be strong even in adversity because they believe in the destiny of mankind and in the dignity of man? I love it when Adler says something I want to say with just a few more inclusive gender language corrections. Here he is in the founding address at the age of 24, before he had any children of his own, talking about the importance of children in the very creation of our religious movement. And it makes sense, actually. Ethical culture, and really any religious tradition, is about the transformation of human beings. It seems to me that working with children is like getting in on the ground floor of transformation. Think of the time that we save when we get to raise them, all transformed from the very beginning. Raising ethical children, though, isn't something that our parents use ethical culture to help them do. It's something that ethical culture exists to do, something that is at the very core of our mission. The founders of this society, of Wes, knew that too. In the very early years, in the early and mid-1940s, Wes was kind of a live TED Talk just a platform address where people came, I'm sure they brought their coffee, and then went home. But in 1945, the McIntyres came to Washington, having moved from St. Louis, where the Ethical Society had a robust Sunday school. The McIntyres brought with them three children, one of whom, Carol McIntyre, remains a member of WES and was honored last spring by Mary at our Founders Day platform. The McIntyres brought not just three children, but lots of energy for what they called a children's assembly. Within 10 years, their three children had been joined by 85 others when Wes moved into our first permanent home in DuPont Circle. So we have always known that children are part of who we are. One way I know that is by looking at the children we produce and the young adults and adults that they become. Many of you know them, but let me tell you some stories. First, there's what they do when they grow up. Wes has not been very successful at turning out investment bankers. <laughs> we specialize, it seems, in nonprofit workers, public servants, and community organizers. Look at some of our relatively recent Sunday school and coming-of-age graduates, and I am indebted to Peggy for walking me through some of what I did not know. Maya Kosak is working for Neighborhood Change in Baltimore through community gardening. Thomas Allen works in the environmental sector, currently doing home energy audits. Ariana Herman is in graduate school studying infant develop, development. As Peggy says, Ariana wants to save all the babies in the world, and I think that's right. <laughs> Molly McCracken, who not only grew up in the West Sunday School, but also taught first and second grade here when she was a teenager, has a particularly great story. Molly was hired as an intern at Heifer International, the organization where you can buy a cow for people in other countries, and then they have to give the first cow to the other families, and great, great organization. She really enjoyed her work, and she was asked to stay on for another year. 
Molly wanted to stay, but she also knew Heifer could be something more, that something was missing from her experience working there. She wanted, she told Peggy, for Heifer to be more like Wes, for there to be a sense of community among the staff, for there to be reflection after each action and an articulation of new ideas before striding into the next action. She and Peggy had a couple of conversations about what Molly could bring to her work, how she could imbue it with the values that she held, values she learned in Sunday school here. I finally get why we always did those go-rounds in our Sunday school classes, she told Peggy. We fidgeted and got distracted, but it was about checking in with each other, about building community together. Molly did go back to Heifer, and after her extra year, was asked to run their summer program for kids. Something clicked, something that she learned here. Frankly, investing in our Sunday school is a good investment in the larger world. I want more Mollies, Arianas, Thomases, and Mayas out there. And it's not just what they're doing, it's how they're doing it. It's the go-rounds that they bring to their work in the world, the care that they take with their lives. Making sure that Wes has a Sunday school and a coming-of-age program and a teen group that nurtures children, our children, to become the best adults that they can be sounds so much like a part of what we do here. And that idea connects to the other reason that I think Sunday school is so important. I have been doing lots of reading lately about congregational development and leadership. Over and over again, I come across a question, a question that is intended to clarify what is most important to the mission of the congregation. What are the things that only the congregation can do? There are lots of things that we do at West that we love, that are fun and interesting and fulfilling. But there are some things we do here that we can't do anywhere else, that only a religious community and maybe only a community like Wes allows us to do. Our celebrations marking the year, the passages of life that we share together, the care we provide each other, the deep thinking about ethical values that we do together, those are all things that we would be hard-pressed to find somewhere else. Sunday school is exactly that, too. A parent told me recently that more and more schools don't even seem to be teaching ethics, that civics classes have gone by the wayside as schools focus on testing and scores. And even if our children are lucky enough to go to a school with ethical teaching as part of the curriculum, it's really only here at West that they can receive the kind of inclusive education based on our core values that elevates ethics to the role of religion that tells them that their questions and searching are important, and that how they answer those questions shapes who they are as people. Actually, how they answer those questions shapes who we are, too, we adults. Some of you might remember the unit that our Sunday school did on fair trade chocolate a couple of years ago. Our children researched cocoa harvesting practices and found that many major label chocolate manufacturers use cocoa that may have been farmed by child labor. The children educated themselves and the congregation, and then, of course, we all moved on to the next lesson. Except for Tony and Brian Wilson, who checked for fair trade labeling every time they went to the food store with their father. In fact, they disallowed their father from buying non-fair trade chocolate, which in turn inspired him to agitate for Wes to change our purchasing practices, 
which is why we now serve organic fair trade cookies during our coffee hour. Those kids. You educate them and encourage them to live their ethical values, and they make you live yours, too. <laughs> and of course, that's really the reason not just to support Wes having a Sunday school, but to actually be involved. Sure, it's great for the kids. And that is vital. It's vital to see that our children, for our children to see that there are adults who are not their parents, who care about them, care what they think, are interested in their lives and in their evolution as people. But part of a congregation is helping each person to find their own calling, to help them find their purpose in the world. Teaching our children, helping them to discover their own values and to explore the world around them, it really gives us the opportunity to further uncover our values and to explore our world. Both because of the material our children and teachers address together and because of the way they do it. Those go-rounds that Molly remembers, the fidgety check-ins that teach us what it means to build community. Sermons in some traditionally religious congregations end up with an altar call. A moment when people are invited to come up front and commit their lives to God or to Jesus. In a religion of relationships, our altar call is about committing our lives to each other and to ourselves. Today, I want to invite you into that kind of commitment to consider what it is that you can do, every one of you, to support our Sunday school. Not because you happen to know a particular child, not because you're a parent or even because you've ever been a parent or think you might be a parent someday, but because sustaining a Sunday school that raises children with strong ethical values is part of who we are at West, part of who we have always been. Because as we grow and welcome new families, we need all of us to help in that sustaining. You will find a way to make that altar call commitment tucked into your program. It's like the subtle version of an altar call, I think, a, a card in your program. But it's yellow. We really mean it. It's a card asking you to let the Children's Education Council know how you might be able to be involved with the Sunday School in the coming year. Don't worry if you're not sure what you could do. Don't worry if you don't think you can make a big-time commitment. Our Sunday School is organized into monthly themes with a need for guides for just one month. And some things, like helping in the nursery or with special events, are a once-in-a-while kind of commitment. Just let us know you want to do something, and Peggy and our Children's Education Council will help you take it from there. Part of any good altar call is a chance to see transformed lives, that product of a religious community that I talked about earlier. Next week, our teens will offer a platform service in honor of Founders Day, talking about their experiences of ethical culture here at West and in the broader national movement. I've gotten a sneak peek at some of what they'll say, and I guarantee you will feel inspired by their transformed lives. I know that Peggy has so many stories of transformed lives and of lives that continue to be transformed. I'm not talking about the children's lives, though, this time. I'm talking about the teachers' lives, the workshop guides' lives, I'm talking about your life. What are you called to do in the world? And how are you called to share that with our community? In justice work, in deepening circles, in celebrations, and in our Sunday school. And that's really the core of how we are not a TED Talk. 
Our kind of sharing can't be done with the click of a mouse, posted online for people to look at or not. It's about our connection to each other, to being each other's companions through life, and beginning that companionship as soon as a new life joins us. The TED Talk people want to increase their audience as rapidly as possible, to have as many likes as they can, to get those inspiring ideas shooting around the world at lightning speed. We want to increase our viewership here at West, too, but not just because the ideas are inspiring. We want more and more people, young and old, to know that the talk that matters most is the one we also walk together.